I'm Matt. And I'm Jenna. We are Mana. And this is Food for Thought. A podcast dedicated to encourage and inspire you as you seek to grow your relationship with Christ and live out your Catholic faith. Are you in a new place in life or frustrated that things aren't changing? Well, today we're talking about what to do in new seasons and times of transition. scared me kind of. <laughs> I invented a new word. Did you? Mm-hmm. What is it? Plagiarism. Wow. That's a brilliant Wait, word. I have a what better one. <laughs> I got a better one. Okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Control freak. Control okay, freak. Okay, wait, no, no, no. Now you say. <laughs> That's Control like my freak. spirit animal joke right there. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 50. It's our... Semi-centennial. Is that a word? I don't... Yeah. You're a word inventor. Then yes. Because <laughs> plagiarism. Welcome. If you've been here for all 50 episodes, congratulations. You win a prize of personal victory. Pat yourself on the back. Or That's just amazing. hearing our voices for that yes. many hours. We'll sing you a sweet love. That's a long time of listening yeah. to us. That is. Multiple hours. Why are you doing that to yourself? <laughs> just kidding. So... Hi. Hi. You a new peak pit plug? You want me to go first? Uh, you go first. I'll go first. Uh, <laughs> like how that sounded great. like it was my idea. Um, my peak is I finally caught up on my to-do list. My to-do list has been like weighing me down like a hundred pound anchor for multiple weeks. And I finally got some stuff done and some big projects off my plate. So that's great. Awesome. My pit is... Ooh. I don't know. That's good. Yeah. Oh, I haven't been sleeping well. Hmm. I was listening to a lot of true crime serial killer podcasts oh. and it kept me up because I was like, someone's Gosh. outside my window. So I stopped doing that. Yeah. And then my plug is, <laughs> there's this really great true crime podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> my plug is some of our recent episodes. We've been talking about no sugar and things like that. But something that Erica and I, my wife, um, also started to do around the same time is all natural products in our house mm. and, f- and for our bodies. And so, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just want to plug all of them in general. If you have questions about what we use for anything, we, nothing in our house has like dangerous chemicals in it. Did anymore. you end up using the Grove at all? The Grove. No, nope, you didn't, obviously. No, no, Never no. mind. Oh, that, that website you sent me? Yeah. Yeah, I looked at it. But I was able to find a lot of stuff on Amazon already. Awesome. Or like at local stores. But Go Amazon. Yeah. They're always... So we're plugging Amazon. No, just kidding. No. <laughs> Buy local. This is or a Or whatever people say that are... Anyways. <laughs> Your turn. My turn. PPP. Um, my peak is that God is providing for our family in this time of transition. <laughs> That's what we're going to be talking about. Um, no spoilers. Sorry. Um, my husband got a promotion and it's super exciting because now, um, as I'm leaving my job, we are feeling very comfortable with the fact that I'm going to be staying home. Nice. So. He's now the president of France. He is. How did you know? <laughs> it's a secret. It hasn't been announced yet. No, he's not. Um. Delta. <laughs> my pit is time of transition. It's yeah. hard and I don't, I feel like I'm going to lose my mind. What? Belgium. Oh, Belgium. Okay, <laughs> Sorry, I'm invading your... I'm going to put peanut butter and syrup on them and eat them all. Is that your favorite waffle? Oh, so good. 
Oh, interesting. I love it. It's so tasty. Uh, I love anything with peanut butter. Yeah, sugar on sugar on sugar, so that's good. Um, <laughs> I haven't given up sugar, so it's fine with me. So my bit is the transition of being at home as a stay-at-home mom. So if you have any tips for that, I feel like I'm going to lose my mind because I'm so used to being busy and having a place that I'm supposed to be at at 9 o'clock or 12 o'clock or whatever um, and talking to normal adults all day. So, well, actually, they're not adults. We're not normal. That's a lie. Or adults. (laughs) And then my plug... Plug. Um, I don't know. I didn't think about it until I was supposed to be talking. What's your favorite thing to do right now? Go outside. Go outside. It's the plug. If Go you're listening outside. to this, don't pause it because listen, but bring your device outside. Yeah. Go sit outside and stare at nature. <clears throat> That's my plug. Stare at it. Be outside. Um, so today... For our 50th episode, we're talking about transitions and new seasons. It's our golden anniversary. Golden. Right? 50th is gold? I thought your golden anniversary, or, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, let's go with that. (laughs) Is talking about new seasons and transitions and how to approach them and how to enter them and then how to be in them. Um... And love God within that season because seasons can be really, really good and seasons can really, really suck really bad. Yeah. And this time of year, you might be listening to this. It's, you know, we're recording this toward the end of August. This is a big time of transition for jobs, for schools, for moves. A lot of people move in summertime. That was me. Things like that. And so um, we have a lot of things that have been going on in our lives as well uh, and people that we've been talking to. Uh, teens that are going off to college, young adults who are having times of transition, families, all those different things. Um, We get to journey with a lot of different types of people um, at this time and in this season. And so how do you do that well? How do you uh, go through a time of transition, staying focused um, and prioritized in the right way? Um, And um, we're coming into this episode as people who need this as well because we're not really great at this either so. no i've not perfected this yeah um so um speaking to myself and telling myself what i need to be yes. doing but odds are you're probably going through some type of change or you want some type of change or are trying to bring about change in your life maybe you want a promotion maybe you're thinking about having another baby maybe you're discerning marriage or your vocation maybe you're f- trying to figure out where you're going to go to college or what you're going to do after college or you're looking for a job or job or education change, something. Um, And we hope that this episode kind of blesses you where you're at. And so take a moment right now just to think about where are you, where might you be going, and uh, what are the things in your life right now that um, might be changing? I actually have a reflection for you for that, just really fast. Because um, I always feel like I'm saying this book wrong, but I know I'm not. Ecclesiastes 3. Um, It has a very long... It's actually pronounced Ecclesiastes. I am saying it wrong. <laughs> or if you're weird like Mac, you say it like that. And uh, you have the numbers are thra. Oh. Thra. Gosh, I've never like in Greek. spoken the English One, language thra. correctly. <laughs> Anyways, it's kind of long. And if you're not driving, you can close your eyes and listen. If you're driving, please don't because you'll get in a car accident. Or have the person in the passenger seat hold the wheel. Mm-mm. That's still not good. Not good enough. <laughs> Bad driving. Well. So, 
Agree to disagree. It says, <laughs> to everything there is a season, a time for every pur- purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to gather stones... I'm sorry, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain and a time to lose. We're still going. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Mm. There's lots of seasons. Lots of them that we can go through. Um, spring, flowers are blooming, winter, autumn, <laughs> fall, all of those. Autumn and fall are the same. No, they're like, no, no. They're not? They are. <laughs> I was like, Wait, but are they? No, I we're think... not going to talk about this. Okay. I feel like autumn is the beginning of fall, but it's fine. Um, now I want to think about it. <laughs> We really want to Google it. That's okay. That's fine. So, what to do in time of season? There yes. are times of transition. So, there's a lot of different seasons in our life, and we can't approach each season the same. Um, we also can't expect that if we're entering a season, um, how do I say this? That it's going to be, that like we can look at it and be like, oh, I've done this before. Mm. Um, and it's going to be the same as maybe like, when you were 10 and entering a new school and now you're going to college. Like, obviously, that's not going to be the same. Um, and so I really liked that reading because it kind of breaks down all of the different times, but that each time is okay to be in and mm-hmm. that we need to really enter into that time. Um, and so we're going to talk about just how do we approach each new season, but then how do we sit in the season and be within that season? Mm. Um, yeah, I like what you said about not expecting things to be the same or things to be based on your previous experience because really what you're doing then when you go in with those blinders on you're really um, confining what the Holy Spirit is trying to do Mm -hmm. what he's trying to bring about the newness he's trying to bring about or you make the mistake of and I've done this many times this is kind of my default I try and recreate comfortable situations and relationships in new places because I want what, I, what I'm coming from, the good of what I'm coming from, in the places I'm going to. Yeah. And it never works out, you know. Um, it just always kind of blows up in my face because it's not meant to be the same. And that's a really hard thing to accept because not all of us like change. But the one yeah. sure thing in life is change, you know. Uh, and so we, we kind of have to have a strategy of how do I go into this open and ready to receive whatever the Holy Spirit has for me. But while creating some stability and maintaining some stability in all the other areas of my life. And so, you know, not trying to go through multiple transitions at the same time, which is how I think a lot of us do it. We kind of have this season of, and this happened a lot in Jenna's life and in my life, Mm -hmm. is that we tend to like move, get a new job, have a kid, like all in the same like two months, you know, Um, or buy a house, renovate a house, all these things like major, if you look at the top like 10 list of major stressful transitions like um we've probably gone through like you know six or seven at a time instead of one at a time Mm -hmm. and you're really supposed to you know if you can help it try and do one at a time so you can really have some stability in the other areas of your life yeah 
Yeah, and the beauty of each season, season is that God is trying to teach you something new and bring about good in your life, um, even if that season doesn't look like it's going to be fruitful or good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but also discovering a new way to love God within that season because God is eternal and he is infinite and you can discover so many new things about him within each new season and he's trying to teach those things to you. Mm-hmm. So really being attentive and aware um, within each new season as and as you're entering each new season. So how do we approach each new season? Matt, how do you typically approach a new season that's coming up in your life? I mean, I think it's important not to run headfirst into it because, you know, like a bull in a china shop, like mm-hmm. you're just going to, you're just going to knock things down. You know, you need to walk into the china shop and see like, okay, wow, this is a different layout that I'm used to of my life and just mm-hmm. get a lay of the land and really start to you know, be open to whatever, what's around every single corner, like to look at every item. I mean, it's a metaphor. So like say it's a new job to really just spend some time, you know, acting as if you know nothing, even if it's a similar job, like really making sure you know the people who you're working with, making sure you're spending time um, taking the breaks that you need to. And you're not like, well, I'm here, I'm at a new job, I want to do well. So I got to plow right through my break. I got to work 10 hour shifts to show that I'm serious. It's like, well, they know that you're suited for the job or they wouldn't have hired you. So be healthy so that you can be healthy long-term in your job and not create this expectation that like, wow, so-and-so is a rapid worker and we can rely on them to do that from this point forward. And then when they're not producing that work, then they're going to feel like they're failing or we can, you know, start criticizing them. You don't want to build this culture in whatever area you're going into, a new school, a new job, a new relationship that, you know, you're always going to be plowing headfirst into new commitments or, you know, doing things really, really fast uh, because you really, you'll make a lot of mistakes. You'll be really burnt out and tired and you really won't be enjoying or being open to the discernment of that new place. Um, and so mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we go in with this, this prayer or this expectation like, all right, God, help me figure out everything about this new place instead of going in and saying, all right, God, surprise me with a way that you're going to love me in this new place today. Mm -hmm. And just having that kind of like, all right, I'm going to receive everything that's here. Um, And and I think that that's something that I don't do really well. I I tend to be like, all right, what are the things that I need to get organized? My spreadsheets, if you know me at all, you know, spreadsheets (laughs) are my love language. And so I got to build all my spreadsheets, all my contacts, all the things that I need to be doing or have organized and arranged my schedule. I need to get that all situated. And yes, those things need to happen. And I always like to, to help to allow them to happen quickly so that I have a good grasp on what's expected of me so I can use that free time well, but I tend not to use it well. So I think having that, that just open expectation, um, that you don't need to run head first into this situation that you can really dip your toe in and get used to it and like take your time. Nothing's going to explode. Nobody's going to die. Um, unless you're a doctor, I was going to say, unless you're a heart surgeon, (laughs) um, (laughs) then you probably already know the drill. You know, one heart surgery is another heart surgery. You just got to learn where the scalpels are held at this new place, you know, and man, I could be a doctor then. Yeah. Where's the scalpels? It's easy. That's all it is, right? Any heart surgeons <laughs> listening? Call If there's anything more than you need to know where the scalpel is, you're a liar. Call in and correct us. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> We're taking calls now. We're live. <laughs> call now. 1-888-FUN-SHOW. Oh Don't call that number. That's probably not, not a, a good, good number. <laughs> number to call. 
Oh, I'm embarrassed. Okay. Anyways, so, so we need to approach um, each new season, kind of like we approach a new year. Like, we get prepped for new year, right? Um, and there's this joy and this anticipation for the newness to come. And even if it's, it's you're, like, transitioning into something that you see as maybe um, that's going to be bad. Like, you think the season is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. One, that doesn't reflect you as a person. Just because a season doesn't look like it's going to be fruitful doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. Your season does not define who you are. Um, it just may not be fruitful in the same way as yes, you're used to. Exactly. Um, and maybe, like, maybe you're sitting there thinking, well, I just lost my job. This is a new season. And mm-hmm. I, I, like, I could have done better at my job. Okay, so when you're leaving a season and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, and you're entering into a new season, you have to reflect and see, okay, how can I be better? Mm -hmm. And how can I enter this new season with fresh eyes, um, with the joy and the anticipation that we typically do when it's like, oh, here comes 2020, we're so Mm -hmm. excited to leave behind this old year, um, and look at that new season as something that God is going to work in, just like Matt said, um, Isaiah says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert. God is going to constantly work through each season. It doesn't matter what season you're in. He's going to work through it. And so looking for that new life that he's bringing you and being aware that it's going to happen. um, But you just have to be looking for it and you have to be praying for it and you have to be um, open to it. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So, um... You also, go ahead. Sorry, I love that image of the river in the desert because I don't know how many of you go to the desert often, but you see these big riverbeds. Like you Mm -hmm. can see them when you're out camping, like, and you see where these giant rivers used to be and they're gone. And part of me is just like, what happened to that river? You know, like, and I think we get that that way in transitions. Like what happened to all that? Mm. What happened to this path I'm used to? Like, look at how deeply rooted it was. And there must've been, it was teeming with life and now it's just barren. But to know like, well, that river's just somewhere else, you know, or it's, it's a trickle right now because of the time of year. Um, you know, uh, I, I doubt that farmers who have these abundant harvests, um, in those moments when they're having a year where there's an early frost or their harvest totally goes away, um, that they see that as, you know, an, in the long run as a total loss. Yeah, it's a monetary loss, like there's stress there, but there's nothing like a situation where you have to really learn how to adapt, how to rely on each other, how to uh, be more dependent on your, your support system, your friends and family, um, to really be able to grow in a in a different way than actually like growing food, you know? Like, um, you know, we always want these resurrection moments in our life, but we have to remember they don't come without the suffering and the mm-hmm. crucifixion moments. And the struggle can teach us just as much as the moments of, of fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have to remember and recognize that um, each season is probably preparing us for the next season to come, that there's something to be learned from and taught. And so um, we won't be able to enter into the next season if we're not in the one that we're currently in. Yeah. So you also shouldn't, which I tend to do this often when a new season is coming, you shouldn't start a season already wanting it to end. And already mm. be done. Um, there was a funny quote that when I was kind of reading about seasons, it said, fighting the seasons is like wearing shorts in the winter. Wow. <laughs> like, you want it to be Which summer. I used to do in high school. <laughs> so, <laughs> only you would. Um, and so you think that, okay, if I put shorts on, it's gonna, I'm just going to feel like it's hot and it's summertime and it's, it's coming. But that's not going to work. Like, you can't, you have to be in the season that you're in. Um, 
And that's my child. <laughs> um, and so trying to like wish that the season is ended is not going to make it end. And it's also not going to make it faster. Yeah. It's going to make it a lot slower and yeah. you're not going to welcome the joys and the goodness that is actually coming out of that season. Yeah. Like you can't have fun having a snowball fight in winter if you're in, you know, yeah. short shorts, you know, you're going to be miserable. miserable. So you're not enjoying the, the ability to, uh, to enjoy, you're not participating in a way that you can enjoy that season because you're setting yourself up for failure before you even start. Mm-hmm. And so that comes from a place, if you're dreading the season, um, you're sitting in it and just being like, I want it to end. It means that you're not trusting the Lord and trusting the work that he has um, and is doing for you. And so you need to assess, okay, why am I not trusting him? Mm-hmm. Why do I feel like he's not doing the things that I want him to do? Mm-hmm. And change that mindset and, and open your eyes and ask the Holy Spirit to um, really open your eyes and reveal to you what he is doing. Yeah. I think I've said this before because this is a, a big thing that the Lord spoke to me when he kind of first spoke to me and and the end of my high school year, um, my high school years is that, um, you know, I'm still on this earth because there's a mission that I have, uh, I have to fulfill for the glory of God. Like there's Mm. still something left Mm -hmm. for him to do through me. But I think the same thing can be said of seasons. And if we're sitting, staring at where we're at right now, wishing for it to be over, why isn't it over? Why isn't it over? Why can't I get out of this? It's for that same reason. There's still more for you to do in that place. You know, God doesn't just put you in a place as a placeholder. He's not like, okay, I'm going to put you over here until until you're like ready for the thing, you know, the big yeah. thing for your life. It's like, no, every moment, every place, every geographic location, every family, community, workplace, school is a place that the Lord is calling you to be on mission in a specific way to glorify him. You have a, a purpose in that place and in that season. And if we're stifling that, just waiting for what's next, you know, like, why does my life not look like this person or that person? You know, why aren't I out of school yet when all of my friends are, you know, you're not going to be really present to what the Lord is trying to do specifically through you. Mm-hmm. And I think what a gift that we common commonly overlook, like all these people around you may have been getting out of college in four years, or they may be going to these Ivy Leagues, or they may have these big promotions, or they may be having kids and getting married first. You know, and and for us to look around and be like, well, why not me yet? Why don't you turn that question and say like, okay, what specifically is the God uniquely allowing you to savor that he didn't let those other people? Like that's unique to you. What a gift that is that you get to experience this season in your life longer than them. Mm -hmm. What fruitfulness is meant to come from that? Or are you just overlooking it because you want to go to the next thing? You want to keep up with the Joneses. And that's not a really a, a fruitful way to go through life. It's just, to, well, I want to do that because everybody else is. You know, then you're never going to fulfill your mission. You're going to spend your whole life trying to fulfill everyone else's. And you're not going to do it as well as them because you're not them. So. Yep. Yeah, and that kind of brings me to my next point is recognizing if you're kind of just passively in the season and you're not engaging it. Because um, we have to embrace season and just like you said Matt like looking looking at everybody else um and saying why am I not in that and why am I not doing that is once again not trusting the Lord but it's also I mean you're being kind of selfish too (laughs) in Mm -hmm. the sense that it's like that's not you like and how how crazy and how beautiful that we each have such a unique call and a unique life Mm -hmm. um that when you're looking at all of that you're not looking at who God created you to be and be yeah. unique to that. So are you being passive and are you not engaging in, in the season that's coming or in the season that you're in? Um, and that's not to say that 
this is easy. Like being in new seasons is extremely difficult, especially when you see other people doing the things that maybe you yearn for. Mm-hmm. Um, th- none of this is easy. No season is going to be like, well, there's going to be easy seasons, but um, most seasons that we're in are <laughs> really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> They're hard. That's just how life is. Yeah. Um, I think there's also this reality. I think you and I can probably speak to this too, just when, when being, you know, new parents still, or when we were brand new parents is when Mm -hmm. you finally get into that new season that you see other people in, Mm -hmm. then instead of looking outward, you start to look inward and start to say like, well, why, why don't I feel like I'm doing as good of a job in this as those people are? And you start to get very like self-critical. So it's either we're looking outward and wondering, why don't I have what everyone else does? Or we're looking inward and saying, why don't I have what everybody else does? You know, like, why don't I have the gifts? Yep. Why don't I ha- does it? Why doesn't it seem like I'm the only one failing at this? Um, because we live in a world of social media where everyone um, glamorizes and glorifies the only good things. And we want those good things. And then when we get to a similar level as them, we don't feel like we're doing them as well because we're seeing it being glorified. We don't see the messy reality of any of these seasons either. And so... It can be a really self-destructive path if we're constantly looking left and right when it comes to new seasons instead mm-hmm. of looking up and saying, okay, God, like, what are you doing in this? You mm-hmm. know, how are you seeking to be present to me in this moment, in this season, in this unique way in my life? And oftentimes when we are in a good season, we completely forget to thank the Lord for that season mm-hmm. and be as attentive as we can be because we're like, oh man, my life is good. This is great. Yeah. Um. So still being attentive and aware and present, fully present, even in the midst of good. Um, because I feel like I do this all the time is when things are good. I'm like, yep, my relationship with God is great. This is easy. This is good. Um, and it doesn't, I don't put as much effort in when maybe things are bad or maybe things are just, um, okay. Yeah. You know, it's a question. Uh, what if the Lord took away everything that you never said thank you for? Hmm. It's a good test of our gratitude. That's good. That's a lot. I heard that at a men's conference recently. Stole it. Borrowed. Please you can have it back now. <laughs> Anyways, I remember who said it. So, so um, when we're in a new season, there's a couple different things that we need to assess and we need to be aware of. Um, and so we're going to kind of go through each one and talk about each one a little bit. So the first one that I was thinking about was how are we working? Are we, um, are we being efficient with our time? And then are we entering the season kind of like that, um, scenario that you said, Matt, at the very beginning about, are you assessing that new season? Are you looking at it? Are you entering into it with fresh eyes (coughs) rather than being, um, full force, like a hundred miles per hour, just in it, thinking that you're going to get it right and that you know everything. So how are you working within each season? Because each season is going to be different and your work is going to look different and be different because the work that I put out when I was, um, single Mm -hmm. is a thousand times different than the work that I put out now because Mm -hmm. I've learned a ton. I'm also a little more tired (laughs) now. Um, Plus the work you choose to do is probably more meaningful. It's going to be more meaningful and more intentional. Yeah. Because of the amount of time that I have now. Yeah. Before I had a ton of time. Now it's limited. And so I'm going to be very intentional with what I am doing and how I'm doing it. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just, it's one of those things where you just have to be in a right mind space of, you know, like this is where the Lord has called me and, and not 
like you said, and like I said before, running a thousand miles into it because we get very impatient. That's mm-hmm. the really the root of that. It's like, okay, I got the new job. Now I just want to be in it and doing well and seeing what's next. And it's, and so we run in, you know, full force and we're impatient because we just want to be like, I want to be in the normal nine to five routine, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, like you're not meant to do that, you know, right away. Mm-hmm. And if it, you are meant to do that right away, it'll be a job where you can just whoop, go right in and do that. You know, it'll be a smoother transition. Maybe you already worked at that place or, you know, it's super similar to your last job, but there's always things to learn and new people to meet relationships to build. And you don't want to gloss over that because you're missing out on opportunities to encounter the Lord and new people in new places and new learning opportunities that will continue to humble you and build a, a um, kind of an expectation within you to, um, to know how to ask for help. You know, who's going to be my mentor in this new place? Um, you know, where do I go if I have questions? How do, how am I going to grow in this new area spiritually, um, educationally, all those different things instead of just like, well, I want to master this in a week. Uh, because if you do that, you're just, then you're going to get burnt out and then you're going to get impatient for the next thing. And, you know, I know people who jump from job to job to job because it's like no longer fulfilling them. And it's, oh, well, this person, I don't like the culture there. And this person, um, is kind of mean to me. So I think I'm going to find a new job. And it's just like, what, why, you know, like you're just going to have a string on your resume of like six month jobs Mm -hmm. and then eventually no one's going to hire you because they know that you can't you know, Stay. go the long haul. Yeah. And it's not that those people have bad work ethics. It's that they're impatient, mm-hmm. you know? So we need to really be savoring, um, the work, you know, and the way we we're being called to work in this new place. Um, and I liked that you brought up the people in each new season because community is a huge thing, mm-hmm. but your community, like community, it's <laughs> a word. Community is going to change in each season. It's not going to be the same. Yeah. And I know for myself, I've, I've um, oftentimes been like, oh, but like, what happened to this group or what happened to that? And why isn't this friendship the same? And it's always changing and it's always going to be new and different. And finding community in each season is good. And that community can be, you know, your closest 10 friends that meet on Tuesdays or in a new season, it could be that one person that you're super close to and they're they're the one that is going to carry you through that season. Mm -hmm. So your community is always going to change, but your community is always very important to have, whether it's the 10 or the one person. Yeah. I've made that mistake too, especially in jobs like uh, in youth ministry. I had like a group of teens that I was super close to at my previous parish. And when I got to St. Tim's, I tried to recreate that really fast. And it like was not smart. (laughs) It like blew up in my face. And there was a lot of like relational things that could have been done better. But, you know, I ended up learning from that experience and recognizing, like, God wants me to be present to these teens in a different way than he wanted me to be present to them where I was before. Because the culture was different. The the feel was different. Like, I came from a very small town. Um, and this was a, you know, big city. And so, uh, especially comparatively. So, um, recognizing all those different shifts that, like... If God wanted you to have the same, he wouldn't have moved you. Mm-hmm. So don't try and create the same or you are going up against the creator of the universe and you will lose. Yep, every time. <laughs> every time. Um, Remind me of Voldemort. <laughs> you will lose everything. Anyways. How are you praying? So in each season, your prayer life <laughs> is going to look... I like I'm right from Voldemort to prayer. Uh, different. Um, yeah. How are that you That was praying? a transition, people. You just, sometimes you just have to move into them. Okay. Um, because maybe you were doing holy hour 
every day and then a new transition hit Mm -hmm. and you didn't have that time. And so you can't look at yourself and be like, what's wrong with me? Why am I, I'm just not as holy as I was. Well, no, that's probably not it. It's just like, maybe you don't have that. you're a sinner. Yeah, you're going to hell. Um, (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) You don't have that time that you can commit in that like chunk. Yeah. But what you're doing in your day can be dedicated to the Lord and that can be your prayer. Um, Because for myself, I, I can't do a holy hour because my child needs me. Like that's. I mean, I can get a babysitter for that hour, but mm-hmm. th- that's not going to work in my mm-hmm. life. Um, so looking at each new season and how your prayer is going to change, because it will. Your prayer will change. What you pray is going to change and how you pray is going to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like, so when I was commuting to work, I used to live in Huntington Beach, North Orange County. I was commuting to South Orange County. Um, I had time on that commute on the way there to pray two rosaries and on the way home to pray two rosaries. Um, and so I was praying all four of the mysteries every day. Um, and it was something I really enjoyed. And then it started to get really stale. And so I started listening to podcasts and I stopped praying the rosary. And then when I got moved down here, I was like, you know, I used to listen to podcasts more and pray the rosary more, but my drive isn't that, that much anymore. And so, you know, I kind of had to pare down the podcast I was listening to. And then for the rosary, I had to write on my, on my notes, this kind of a rosary as I go. And it's a, it's a note that, I can log, like if I'm waiting in line in a waiting room or if I have like a spare five minutes, I can start praying the rosary. And when I um, finish a bead, I have a little like tick mark on my notes. And it's just like, here's my bead, here's my bead. And then if I get interrupted, I just close the note. And later on, when I go back, I see where I left off and I can just kind of enter back into that space. And so, yeah, ideally you're able to sit down and devote, you know, that amount of time to do that. But if you want to have that devotion still, uh, being able to, soak the, your whole day in little moments of prayer mm-hmm. is not any better or worse than having that full hour, you know, of being able to really be present. And sometimes you just have to adapt and and do what works best. But I mean, the goal in any situation is that God is present um, in the whole day, you know, in, in that whole space that you're making time and priori- prioritizing time first and foremost for him. And so I think this is something too in moments of transition we get so focused on the new thing that that's the first thing on our schedule. It's like, okay, I want to be really present to this. This is when I'm going to a new school, get all my classes on my calendar. And we forget that, no, the first thing you always schedule is prayer. You know, first thing you always schedule is when are you going to have time for the Lord? And then everything else fits around that. And so if you know, like, okay, I can't have time for the Lord during math. And so like those are blocked off. But then the second you look at your available time, Instead of, okay, when am I going to do homework? When am I going to run errands? When am I going to do this? You say, okay, I'm going to pray right here. I'm going to have moment. I'm going to have time for the Lord right here. Um, and if you're a parent and your schedule is a lot more chaotic um, in that way, you know, to, to pay attention to your child's rhythm. You know, once you have a baby, no matter what age they are, they have a rhythm. You know, mm-hmm. it's a very chaotic rhythm in the beginning, but there is a rhythm, you know. Um, and so being able to use that rhythm to your advantage, you know. Um, if you're breastfeeding and waking up every three hours, you know, okay, every three hours, like, you know, it takes this long to pump or this long to breastfeed. So I'm going to pray divine mercy chaplet and I'm just going to memorize it, you know, in my head and I can do that while, you know, I'm feeding or, um, you know, uh, um, I, I think it's amazing that babies are born, uh, in a way where they wake up at the exact schedule of the liturgy of the hours, which is like every three hours. So it's almost like 
you're just given the opportunity right then when you get a new kid to just like dive into prayer, you know? Um, yeah, that would be hard with the actual book, but I mean, there's apps and stuff. I'm not suggesting that for all you new parents, but I mean, just think about what is the rhythm? What is the rhythm of uh, my family and of my child or of my life right now? And how can I use that rhythm as a means to allow me to pray more consistently? So that brings us to the next one then is how are we resting? Are we resting well um in the season or um, maybe we're being lazy rather than actually resting and using our time wisely um but parenting like your rest is going to look different mm-hmm. as a parent than as maybe a student or mm-hmm. um somebody that is just a full-time work um, a worker and so how are you resting because each season you need to rest you can't just go 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 and burn yourself out because then you're not living that season well mm-hmm. um and god doesn't want you like strung out and crazy and (laughs) and exhausted yeah each season you can be rested it's just gonna look different so like rested for somebody that has a newborn is going to be completely different than rested for somebody who's a student yeah um and it's going to be different if you're an extrovert or an introvert too like the way you recharge the way you get rest you know for extroverts you might need to be out with coffee with a couple friends or like, you know, going into a public place and just like having some time to just, you know, roam around or, you know, hang out with people. If you're an introvert, you need that time, like, you know, in your favorite chair with a book and some hot cocoa or something, you know, or vice versa. You know, sometimes we need the opposite of what we're more accustomed to. But, you know, it's kind of the difference between having like a chair moment and a hammock moment. You know, Mm -hmm. like if you're just sitting in a chair or sitting on the couch um, or sitting and playing video games, even though you're not doing anything important or necessary for your responsibilities in life, you're not resting. You know, you're still just kind of like you're blowing, you know, you're just like that. You're blowing. But, you know, if what you're doing can be done in the confines of like a restful hammock, you know, if you're reading a book or you're just, you know, contemplating or you're having a good conversation, um, you know, you're listening to your favorite song, something like that, and you're really taking a moment to just recharge and be present in the, in the moment, then you're really resting, you know? And so to kind of know the difference between that, because I think for people who are go, 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 people like me, um, rest, sometimes we, we convince ourselves that what we're doing is rest when it's really not. Uh, so to really be intentional about the ways that God is calling you to slow down. And even if it's, if you're unaccustomed to it, or it's not, the first thing you would go to based on your personality type or your, you know, extroversion, introversion to recognize what makes you feel real charged, recharged, what makes you feel really fulfilled and to allow that time into every single day. Mm-hmm. And the, I'm going to say the second and last one. Um, how are you handling the negative aspects of the season? Because when we're in a season that's not great, um, you can handle the negative things well, or you can handle them poorly. You can handle them and accept them and just say, okay, this is what, you know, is happening. And, um, Lord, I ask that you work through it and you bring glory to it. Or we can just try and deny it and, um, run away from it and do what he's not calling us to do. And so really assessing and seeing, okay, what is happening right now in this season is, you know, is it, um, something I don't want to be in. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But how are how are you addressing it? Are you you know, is it bringing you anxiety? Is it uh, bringing you sorrow? Is it bringing you pain? And then how are you 
addressing those things and how are you coping with them? Yeah. And in that situation, if you feel like this is not where I'm supposed to be, are you doing anything about it other than complaining? Yes. Because otherwise, I will tell you right now, if that's what you're doing, all your friends are really frustrated and irritated with you. And so stop it, you know, because it's, there's yeah. nothing more frustrating and irritating than someone just like, why aren't things different? And like, but you're not doing anything. It's just yeah. all you're doing is whining and complaining, you know, mm-hmm. like, yes, your friends are going to be present to you. They're going to listen. And that's what real community is for. But, you know, at, at the same time, you got to do something, you know? And so I'm a big believer that there is no negative situation um, in a time of transition or in a new place, it only is negative when we're comparing it to what we're used to or when we're comparing it to what we expected. But everything can be interpreted positively if you recognize this is something to learn from, this is something to grow from, this is something that the Lord wanted me to experience because I'm going to need this going forward. Otherwise, it would be purposeless and God is not purposeless with my life. Um, and so recognizing there is a way to look at every situation in a positive light. And yes, in very difficult or tragic moments, that's going to be really impossible to see in the moment. Um, But for the most part, when in times of transition, when we're just having a frustrating day or feeling like this isn't what I thought it was going to be, this isn't what I'm used to, this is unfamiliar, I don't like this new space, I don't like change, um, that's all because we're comparing to previous moments or our expectations. And that... All that's going to result in is complaining, you know, it's not going to change anything. Yeah. And setting goals in the season is perfectly fine as long as you consult God about it. And so like wanting to be out of a season and setting a goal to get out of that season is perfectly fine as long as you're not trying to force doors open mm-hmm. or you're not praying about it. Yeah. Um, and so set goals because God wants us to grow and God wants us to move. Um, and seasons are meant to be stepped out of. Like, we're not supposed to be stuck in a season forever for the rest of our life. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're meant to move out of seasons and into new ones. And so setting goals within those seasons so that can happen is perfectly healthy and good. Yeah. If you frame that goal well. So there's a difference between saying, I'm going to, I my goal is to get a new job by March. Or my goal is to apply to five different jobs in this area by March. There's a difference there because you... The first one, you are setting a goal that you don't know if, if that's really what you're you're going to end up in. The The second one is a healthier goal because it's the practical steps you would need to take if God was going to open that door. Mm-hmm. And you're doing what you need to do. You're doing the work to get to that door to see if God's going to open it. And so set practical goals that have to do with like, okay, if this is where I want to visualize myself, where I want to be, my goals are going to be the steps to get me there and not the thing itself. Because when the thing itself doesn't happen or if I'm not called to it, then I'm going to feel like a total failure and I'm going to feel really frustrated and upset. But if I do all the practical steps and I don't get it, then I know like, okay, I did everything I was supposed to do, but God didn't open that door and that's okay. So I can reassess and look at all these things that I was able to accomplish, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it still doesn't feel like the same season, you know, because you're, you're constantly looking forward or looking at new things, new opportunities. So it's a matter of how we frame the goal as well. Yeah, and the last last step of a season is recognize when the season is done. Um, and that's going to take, you know, sometimes it's very obvious, like, oh, yeah, this is <laughs> this is done, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're moving on. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's really hard. Um, like, for instance, with me and, and doing youth ministry, with discerning if my time was up um, at my parish, I... That took a long time to really discern and pray about. It was an obvious choice. It was very, like, yeah, of course this is going to be what 
is going to happen because it didn't make sense um, that I would stay there and care for my, be able to care for my family in the way that I needed to. But it still took a long time. And so that takes a lot of prayer and discernment. Um, and then thanking the Lord for that season and that se- that, that season is over, mm-hmm. even if you're not fully accepting that the season should be over. Um, but really recognizing, okay, this is time. It's like, <laughs> I need to move on. I need to, I need to accept that I have to move on and then taking a step out of that season. Yeah. Just like we might have a negative experience because of expectations we have of a new season, mm-hmm. the same thing can happen out of seasons we move out of. And we have this expectation that it's going to be negative or going to be really difficult. Um, and you know, or it's going to be a certain way. And when it's not, it can be really hard. You know, we think it's supposed to be this clean break. Um, but you know, then we have attachments, you know, and of course you do because you, you did life in that place for a long time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's clear when it's toxic, when you're burnt out, but also maybe if you've lost your creative energy, if you've lost your passion for where you're at, if you, if things are stale, if you find, um, you know, um, doing new things in new ways difficult. If you feel like kind of mentally burnt out or, you know, intellectually your drive, your passion for that particular place is kind of like you're tapped out. And, um, and at the same time, opportunities are presenting themselves or your life is shifting in a way where God is kind of saying like, well, if you were to do this, look at this, this, and this other things in your life that are kind of shifting to accommodate that, Mm -hmm. you know, like it would have been a different story if, you know, like Jenna wasn't having another baby, if Tony yeah. wasn't getting a promotion, if it, you know, if those other yeah. life shifts weren't happening, um, then it may not have, you know, been made the sense. right time or it right. may not have even made sense to discern, is this really the smart place for me? Am I still being called to do this? And so, um, you know, God does provide those windows and opportunities to accommodate those transitions and all those kind of like, well, how's this going to work? How's that going to work? Um, kind of get answered and we see like, okay, I'm being pushed in this direction. Mm-hmm. I'm being called in this direction. And so, uh, having a sensitivity to that. Yeah. Being aware. And just like we had said earlier, not being passively living through a season and that's where that awareness comes in and really being attentive to what God is calling you to. Yeah. So who's our saint? Our saint for times of transition, uh, maybe a surprise to you, but you'll see why is St. Mary Magdalene. St. Mary Magdalene, her feast day is on July 22nd. Um, she's a patron of many things, the contemplative life, converts, glove makers, hairdressers. Glove? Okay. Yeah, I don't know why some of these things are on here. Penitent sinners, people ridiculed for their piety, perfumeries, pharmacists, <laughs> sexual temptation, tanners, and women. And a lot of those things are because she is attributed different roles in the Gospels that we don't know if she really had. So she sometimes attributed the role of a prostitute. No scripture scholar actually says that there's actually evidence for that. We know that she was possessed by seven demons, but we don't know what caused that to happen. It could have been a lifestyle um, such as that. Um, Some people also say that she was the one who anointed Christ's feet with the oil and cried, Mm -hmm. um, you know, tears to to wash his feet. That's why she's sometimes considered a perfumery pharmacist, those types of things. Um, But nonetheless, um, her dates of birth and death are unknown. But we do know that she was present with Christ during his ministry, especially during his death and resurrection. She's mentioned at least a dozen times in the Gospels. She's mentioned more frequently than some of the apostles are Mm. in the Gospels. So she was obviously a pretty important woman uh, in the ministry of Christ um, and had a radical uh, transformation, conversion, when she encountered him. Um, So... As I said, those ideas that she was a prostitute or sexually immoral, they're not supported by scripture. Um, It was believed she was a Jewish woman, 
but she was living among Gentiles, living as they did. So she had kind of turned away from her Jewish um, spiritual center and kind of had been associating with people that you weren't really supposed to associate with as a practicing Jew. Um, but she was originally a, a great sinner. Um, that's pretty much agreed upon because of the seven demons that Jesus uh, cast out of her. Um, and so she told several women about this um, afterwards, and they also became followers. And so we see a lot of this following of women that Jesus had. A lot of it is um, uh, believed to be attached to, to Mary Magdalene. Um, and so um, we don't know too much about her background, but there's this one um, instance in the Gospels that I want to turn to, which is why I chose her um, for this particular um this particular time of transition. So um, after Jesus has risen from the dead, he's in the garden. Mary Magdalene um, runs to the tomb. She sees that it's empty. This is John chapter 20. Um, she stays outside the, the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she bent over the tomb. She sees the two angels sitting in there, one at the head and one at the feet of where Jesus had been. And they say to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she says, they've taken my Lord. I don't know where they've laid him. When she says this, she turns around. She sees Jesus, but she doesn't know it's him. Jesus says to her, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? She thought it was the gardener. And so she says, sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you laid him and I will take him. But Jesus says to her, Mary. And she turns to him and says in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. And then she clings on to him. And then we hear this verse from Jesus. And you're like, what the heck, Jesus? Jesus says to her, stop holding on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the father but go and tell others and blah, blah, blah. And so she goes and tells others, I've seen the Lord. But that phrase, it seems kind of like, what the heck, Jesus? Like, mm -hmm. you're back. And I think that's precisely what he's telling Mary Magdalene is, yeah, I'm back, but it's not going to be like it was before. Mm -hmm. Don't hold on to me. I'm not rabbi anymore. You know, I'm not the teacher anymore that walked with you and journeyed with you and was present with you, you know, these past three years. I'm not going to be that anymore. You know, me as my, in my resurrected form, you know, as God incarnate, I'm here for the next, you know, 40 days to be present, to witness to people that I was who I said I was. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to send the advocate, you know, things are going to be different, radically different, you know, and you see the early church with the Holy Spirit is much different than even the early church walking around with Jesus was, mm -hmm. you know, they're kind of clamoring and, you know, like, you know, almost like giftless idiots that sometimes like they just don't have no idea what's going on and the spirit comes and invigorates them with these gifts to really spread the early church all around the world they wouldn't have been able to do that if jesus was all right i'm back you know let's uh, hit the road and let's tour this this thing you know let's go on tour and we'll just keep doing this for a couple of years you know and see where yeah. it goes it's it wasn't going to be the same and so um i love that that interpretation of that verse stop holding on to me kind of means like Things are not going to be the way that they used to be. Yeah. Um, and so just be aware of that, that I don't want to be present to you in that same way. Um, and it says um, some legends believe that then after Jesus um, dies and he rises in a sense, um, that uh, Mary Magdalene remained among the early Christians. But after 14 years, she was allegedly put into a boat by Jews along with several other um, saints in the early church. And they were set adrift without sails or oars. But they actually landed in southern France and spent their remaining years in solitude in a cave. 
So maybe, I don't know if there is a place in southern France, I didn't oh. research it, where there's like a cave of Mary Magdalene, but that's what the legends that's say cool. about what happened to her. But that's what she did. She went off and continued to um, live a new life without Jesus in the same way, mm -hmm. because it wasn't all going to be the same anymore. And I sometimes think that, I mean, God is going to be, just like we see in the Gospels, he's going to be very blunt and very upfront and just like, let go of me. Mm -hmm. Um but he's also very gentle. So like, I love that verse because it can all, it can be seen in two different ways. Him like hugging her and just saying, don't hold on to me anymore. Just like, let mm -hmm. go. Um, or like, okay, you need to let go. <laughs> stop holding on it's to like, me. It's Ew. like, stop, just, just stop. Okay. But I'm resurrected. You didn't even shower today. <laughs> I'm like glistening white. Look what you're doing to my outfit. Probably wasn't like that. That's probably not like it. But either way, it's always done out of love. Always, always, always. And so how are we loving the Lord in each season? And are we truly loving him to the full capacity that we have and growing in love for him within those seasons? Yeah. Sometimes parents are harsh and direct because yep. they want to protect you. And sometimes they're loving and comforting in moments where there's something difficult going on. And Jesus could have been present to Mary in that same way. Mm -hmm. But it's all about her response. Like she listens. Regardless mm -hmm. of the intent or the tone, she still listens and recognizes, all right, I'm going to do what you said. I'm going to be faithful to you in this new season. I don't even know what it's going to look like. They didn't have the Holy Spirit yet. They had no idea what was going to be coming. Yep. And yet, because they were listening, um, you know, it's that same scene when the, when Jesus descends into heaven and all the apostles are looking, looking up at the sky and an angel has to come down and be like, what are you doing? Stop looking at the sky. He's gone. Like literally just go wait for the spirit. Like he said, you know, yeah. it's that same type of idea. You know, we, we want to cling to those things that we're comfortable with, but if we were all in the same place forever, no missionary work would ever get done. Uh, because you know, until the entire world is evangelized and is on fire for the Lord, there's more to be done. Yep. And, um, you know, that's probably never going to be done the side of heaven. And so change is inevitable. And it's all about how you're present to that change and how God is trying to work in you and through you in those new places. Amen. So we're praying for you this week. Ask for the intercession of St. Mary Magdalene and our patron saint, St. Charles Borromeo. If you like this episode, share it with your friends. Uh, tag, comment us on social media at Man of Food for Thought. Um, please rate and review this podcast if you haven't yet. It helps other people find it and the great content that we have available. And if you didn't know, we have a weekly psalm reflection that we post on <clears throat> excuse me, on Facebook and on Instagram and on our website where you can access everything, including our Patreon page, uh, where you can support us financially for as little as a dollar a month and you get access to exclusive content and you'll be the first to get our new merchandise whenever that finally gets finalized. <laughs> we're we're slow to transition into that because we want it to be really good for you. Um, but if you are a patron at that time, we will send it to you for free. So, uh, yeah. So uh, now's, now's the time to donate. And don't just donate for a month and then leave because uh, that would be jacked up, bro. So, so um, visit our website at manafoodforthought.com um, for all of those details and know that we're praying for you. And until next time, we will see you in the Eucharist. Bye. Bye.